stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Dodgers Nation, welcome to another edition of the DN Roundtable. My name is Clint. You can find me as RealFRG on Twitter and Instagram. This guy is Eric Ulo at E-E-U-L-A-U. Twitter and Instagram, BrookMe3, Brook in the flesh, all those spots. And joining us remote right now while he's on the maybe COVID IL. We don't really know, but he's got a lot of work to do. Doug McCain, DMAC underscore LA. Doug, how are you doing, man? We haven't seen you all week. We're kind of sad without you. I'm doing great, man. I miss you guys more than you ever know. But uh, like busy week, of course, you got the trade deadline next week. This team is continues to dominate. Got into a little rough patch here with the Nationals. Looks like they turned around today, going to salvage the series with the win. But yeah, lots of lots of exciting news coming this week. Will the Dodgers make a massive splash? Kind of the last minute getting involved in the Soto trade talks. Will they trade for a starting pitcher? Will they try to bolster the bullpen? Will they add a right-handed bat? I mean, a lot of questions for this team. Never count out Andrew Friedman. So, yeah, lots of exciting stuff. It'll be very interesting to see how this roster looks a week from today. Yeah, absolutely. A lot to look forward to uh, in the next less than a week. We got uh, T-minus six days uh, until trade deadline as of the time of recording this. As we get into roundtable topics right now, you guys see him on the screen. We got to talk about Max Muncy because Max Muncy is somebody that kind of spells whether or not the Dodgers really desperately need to make a move at the trade deadline. The question I have, it's very broad. It's very general, boys. How do you fix Max Muncy? Brooke, I want your expertise here as big time baseball boy. What do you think? It, what, I mean, we know what's wrong with him is he's in his head, but how do you fix this? How do you get him out of his head? I still think it's more than the head. I think it is his elbow still. I think there's issues going on with it. I think it's not healthy. I think it's hurting him. I think it's going to be something that's just going to linger for a long time. So what do you do with that? How do you, there's only one option. You shut him down. He's done. Shut him down for the season. Give him the time off that he needs. You shut him down. We're in July right now. You shut him down through August. He comes into September. Maybe September he's feeling great. Maybe he mm-hmm. comes up to Dave and he's like, hey, like my elbow's feeling great. I'm feeling good. I'm ready to go. Get me back in there. Maybe that happens. But right now, as we stand here today, it's pointless. There's no reason to have him in there. He's not doing you any good. I mean, he is drawing his walks sometimes, as Eric has been uh, known to point out. <laughs> but aside from that, he kills rallies. He's hurting everybody. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't help out what he's doing right now. So I think the best course of action, the best course for his entire career, like to save his entire career right now, is to yeah. make sure he gets that elbow healthy. Shut him down. Stop. Eric, he's a guy who's win healthy, win right, in a full season He's a 35 home run threat. You, you go to his baseball reference page. He he's uh, just th- imagine this lineup with Max Muncy doing Max Muncy things right now. Do you think he finds a way to figure it out, or is this just a wash of a year? I mean, right now, Chunky Muncy's thin Muncy. That's not a, that's not a that's not a good thing for this team. I do think he'll figure it out. I do. I think there's a possibility that maybe he ends up playing three or four games a week. Maybe they just decrease the workload a little bit and just help him stay a little fresher. And he's talked about, too, he's so used to going in the cage all the time and grinding away mm. in between games, and maybe that's just not what his body needs. The elbow is certainly a factor, and now there's a huge mental factor, too, which Brooke touched on. I, I think there is a way that he gets back to something close 
to pre-injury, but I don't think we're going to see 100% Max Muncy this year. But I do think things are going to start to turn around for him. If you look at the BABIP, if you look at some of the at-bats he's taking, he's still missing balls that he normally crushes, and that is a huge problem. I'm not going to yeah. sugarcoat that. <laughs> but I do think he's better than what the numbers suggest. He will be better in the second half. I mean, he's looked atrocious over the last few weeks. The uh, the at-bat quality, it, the, even chasing walks, he's not walking at all. The... This is a shell of a man who's very lost in his own head. I mean, if you watch Tuesday night's game, I mean, the frustration, you could, you could taste the frustration in the man uh, in that moment, and he might be too far gone in his own head. Doug, chances. What do you think the chances are that this guy actually ends up getting Max Muncy, Min Muncy, as some are calling him, shout out AJ Gonzalez, that he actually gets significant at-bats in October? Yeah, I'm calling him Milk Box Muncy because what happened to Max Muncy? Everyone out there saying that he's this year's Cody Bellinger. No, to me, he's this year's Edwin Rios, a guy that we know when he's right, he's a very talented hitter. He brings that thump from the left side, but he just, like Brooks said, I think it's a physical issue. Look, I'm not a doctor. I just play one on this round table. And all the Twitter <laughs> doctors out there, they say he should have had surgery in the offseason to repair what's going on. But you're seeing when he's at the plate in – pressure situations the way they're attacking max max muncie this year as compared to how they did in the past they're not afraid of him at the plate i mean you're up there and i remember watching max muncie and i'm wishing for home runs wishing for extra base hits now i'm up there just hoping that he finds a way to get a free pass and that is not the max <laughs> muncie that we're used to seeing but he does have a career 881 ops in the postseason if he can find it like Cody Bellinger did last season when Cody Bellinger, his rock bottom was even worse than this current yeah, version good, of Max Muncy. And what happened to Belly? He had a 907 OPS was second to Chris Taylor last year in the postseason. But something just does not look right. He's not getting behind on, on top of fastballs at all. He just doesn't look like the same player. But the good news is that if they add a bat, guys continue to get healthy. I do think they're going to start to limit his playing time. And at the very least, you have to bat him either eighth or ninth in that lineup because last night I would rather see Gavin Lux at the plate in a key situation. But, mm -hmm. yeah, it's not looking good for the funky Muncie. And I would say the chances are I, – I would say, I wouldn't say slim to none, but I would say that – I mean, I think when it comes to Muncie, if I had to give it on a scale of like 1 to 10, the 10 being the chance that he's going to get back to where he was, I'd probably give it a 4 right now. Yeah, there, there's there's hope. There's really a, it's hope in one hand, shit in the other. And right now, uh, Max Muncy, unfortunately, isn't isn't doing shit. But if there's one guy who can eventually figure it out, he's he's reimagined himself. He's rebuilt himself before coming from L.A. Uh, or from Oakland to L.A. This the, he was a bad player in Oakland. Right now, he's a bad player, and hopefully, he finds a way to figure it out. But if he can't, a short amount of time to figure out whether or not he can or can but or can or cannot but the trade deadline is coming up and there's a massive name out there Juan Soto the organization the front office has said hey you know if you can go out there and get a generational talent like this you got to try to do uh, any sort of move to get him my question here is what's the worst thing that the Dodgers the worst thing the Dodgers can do at the trade deadline Eric what do you think the worst thing they could end up doing is Doing nothing. Fully speculative. Of Doing course. nothing. I yeah. mean, Friedman, even if it's not going to be a big name, we know he's not going to pay for relievers. He said that in the past. I hate paying for relievers at the deadline. The price is obscene. It's like buying a house in Malibu yeah. two years ago and prices were just ridiculous. So I think they're going to do something. It may be some guy we've never heard of. It may be some first round pick from 2013 that's in a bullpen in, in the Caribbean right now. We don't know, but they're, they're going to do something. 
around the margins. The the Brandon Drury speculation is is interesting as a Hansel Alberto upgrade, but I don't think they can do nothing. They need to do something, and I don't think this team is not going to win a title just because they didn't trade for Juan Soto. Thoughts? I think the worst thing that they could do right now is go out and trade for a big-ticket reliever. And that's something that I don't think Andrew Friedman's going to do. I think he's a lot smarter than that. I think he's proven time and time again that he's just not going to go out and do something like that because the relievers are volatile. You never know what you're going to get out of them, even if they're having a great season. You just never know. So I think one of the worst things that he could do is be like, hey, our bullpen kind of sucks. It needs some help. We don't know where Blake Trinan's going to be. We don't know where we're going to be come October. So let's go out and get a big name. Let's spend a couple prospects on it and then just have that guy tank. That's the worst thing that they could do right now. I don't think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I don't think that's what's going to happen. To be fair, I also don't think they're going to do anything at all. It, it, it smells more like they're going to do nothing instead of making a big splash, but Juan Soto rumors are hot right now. Doug McCain, the man uh, of the fan, Chug McCain, the legend, face of the franchise here. I want you to have a little Eric bit of fun. <laughs> I want you to have a little bit of fun with, uh, with us here and, and for the fans because... You know, you're, you're the guy people look up to here at Dodgers Nation. If L.A. actually somehow finds a way to acquire Juan Soto, don't worry about who's going where, who, the, the pieces being traded away. If they somehow get Juan Soto, what does your one through nine lineup look like? Ooh, I think for me, easily, you start with Mookie Betts, of course, right at the top of the order, Trey Turner, right behind him. I think you put Juan Soto in the three spot. I think after that, you go Freddie Freeman, then Will Smith, Justin Turner. And then after that, I think, yeah, <laughs> you got to have Justin Turner. He's played today. He's going to be healthy. But you know they want to stagger that lineup the best way they can. Trey Thompson, he's had success. So is Jake Lamb. You don't know who they're going to get if it's not Juan Soto. So I think I would go – I have this somewhere, actually. But I think I would go – so I'd go – Mookie Betts right at the top. I'd go Trey Turner right after that. Then I'd go Juan Soto batting in the three-hole. Freddie Freeman, the cleanup spot. Then after that, man. I mean, Will Smith has been cleaning up. you got to figure Will in that five spot. Because he's been great depends as a, on as a number five how much he's going to look later in, the, later in the year. But, yeah, I would definitely put Will Smith there in the five-hole. Then Gavin Lux in the sixth spot. Chris Taylor. They're batting seventh, belly eighth, and Muncie ninth as it stands. But I mean, I think if you do trade for Juan Soto, that puts you in a position where you're in a spot where if you look at the splits from Mookie, if you look at the splits from Trey Turner, the top of that lineup, you have a lineup consisting of Mookie, Trey, Juan Soto, and Freddie Freeman. That's going to be a lineup that's going to rake against any pitching staff in the league. They can get on top of high-velocity relievers, high-velocity pitchers, and really you're just so stacked. You're stacked yeah. like a like a pile of pancakes at that point. You're feeling really good about yourself. But I definitely would like to see Juan Soto in the three-hole for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, just the fact that, you know, you're you're bringing in a, a player of that caliber and not really doing all that much <laughs> to the top of your lineup, it, it would be nuts. Probably definitely not going to happen. But hell of a good problem to have if we end up, uh, end up down that path. We will know in a week's time. Um, switching gears a little bit, a new Hall of Fame class was announced. Uh, or at least who could be in the Hall of Fame class uh, coming up. Interesting names we've seen. Uh, we'll have them on the screen as well. Carlos Beltran, Matt Kane, Jacoby Ellsbury, Andre Ethier, legend, the legend, John Lackey, Mike Napoli, Francisco Rodriguez, Houston Street, Jared Weaver, Jason Worth. Not a whole lot of names jumping off the page there, even with Dre Day in the lineup. Uh <laughs> Who, who makes it? Eric, who do you think makes it from that list besides nobody? 
Carlos Beltran before the sign stealing scandal, you could probably make an argument for all those guys. It's a, it's, those are all warm and fuzzy guys who had two, three years. Brooke and I talk about this all the time, two or three quality years, Mike Napoli, you know, dinner at Napoli's. He had that incredible run Mm -hmm. with the Red Sox. Matt McCain had all those good Matt, Kane, not Doug's brother, Matt, Matt had a really nice run with the Giants before he kind of broke down the tail end of his career. Andre Ethier, you know, the clutch player of the year. Hudson Street had some great years as a closer, but none of those guys have that sustained longevity of success yeah. that I think you really need to make in the Hall of Fame. I don't think any of those guys make it. Beltran, maybe if he didn't cheat. Yeah, yeah. nailed it there. Doug, um, looking at some of these names, you realize that we're kind of in an era of of – there's a lot of really good players in baseball, but I don't know if there's any, I mean, uh, Mookie, maybe, uh, I mean, uh, Mike Trout. I don't know if there are very many surefire, like first ballot hall of famers in the era, a bunch of amazing players playing baseball right now, but no skip over Clayton Kershaw, like, like nothing. Hold on. We're getting there. (laughs) Uh, but, but I mean, looking back at like the last couple of classes, you know, we've had Clemens, we've had Bonds, we've had uh, an inordinate amount of names who, you know, cheated because that was a lot of the time. But Doug, I want to ask you, are we ever going to see a good like Hall of Fame class again, like a, a massive list of names where you're like, this is really a challenge? I mean, there's a lot of Hall of Famers, I think, that, I mean, you talk about Buster Posey retired last year. You talk about the current legends like, like Brooke just touched on Clay and Kershaw, then you can't forget about Albert Pujols. We got the news about Mike Trout today with the back issue, but you also got Miggy Cabrera, who could be the last guy to have 3,000 hits. I mean, is Granky a Hall of Famer? He could be a fringe guy. Max Scherzer, he's a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. Yadi Molina, there's been some debate over him throughout the years, but I think if you're talking about that kind of next generation of players, like you mentioned, you've got the Mookie Betts. We all talk about Juan Soto. They call him the modern-day Ted Williams. I don't know if Ted Williams would hit 249 in a season, but he's the guy that could be on a Hall of Fame track at some point in his career. But I think that at some point, look, you always just take the best crop of the players of that era. And I think that numbers change the way you value numbers change. Of course, wins and losses, no offense, they don't mean the same now as they did in the past. And I think you're going to see the same with hits as well and just overall just counting numbers. But for the most part, I think you're going to see a lot of players that do have some high peaks, but they're kind of in the hall of good, the hall of really good, the Manny Machados or the, you know, the Manny Machados types, even the, the Paul Goldschmidt's types Mm -hmm. that really aren't going to put up those hall of fame numbers, but just kind of right beneath it. So, yeah, I think that at this point you got Clayton Kershaw, Mookie Betts. Those are the guys on this current roster that will, no question, unless barring Mookie's health, they'll be in the Hall of Fame one day. I think Freddie Freeman has a chance if he continues to have success, maybe adds another World Series championship, has you know three, four more All-Star seasons. But to answer your question, I would say that kind of looking back at those names and those classes that we've seen with just all the big-time yeah. historical names, I don't think you're going to see that as much in the future. Yeah, I mean, the, the names that you listed out, it's like, yeah, these are some phenomenal players. But to me, maybe it's just me. I, I don't hear anybody. Nothing screams like Sammy Sosa style numbers. You know, I mean, it's a bygone era. People aren't going to hit 600 home runs anymore because, well, they aren't shooting themselves up with uh, some of that good, good no more. Brooke, <laughs> next Dodger Hall of Famer not named Clayton Kershaw. Because, yes, foregone conclusion that is a Hall of Fame baseball player. Russell Martin. (laughs) I wish. I really, really wish. I mean, Doug nailed it. I mean, you're looking at the current roster, current, you know, looking at the past 10 years, who's come through this team. 
who's been on this team, who's been a superstar, who hasn't, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it, it's Mookie Betts, like no doubt about it. There's not going to be anyone else in between there, like between Kershaw and Mookie. That's the next one up, and it's got to be Mookie. Like Doug said, it's got to be his health. It's got to keep up. He's got to maintain it. I don't think Freddie Freeman is a Hall of Famer, regardless of how the next couple of years no. go, personally. I don't believe that. But Mookie, absolutely a Hall of Famer. And he, and he will have a, a, a National League MVP before his time is done. So he'll be the second guy to do that in both leagues. Yeah, Mookie's the definite. I should have thrown Mookie in there, but that would have been cheating. Freddie's got a fringe chance. You know, if he comes here, wins a few championships, gets that Derek Jeter treatment because championships means Hall of Fame player. Maybe it happens. All-time favorite player right there for Eric is uh, Derek Jeter. Uh, final thing, guys, have a little bit of fun with it here, and, and uh, we'll draw names from a hat. Doug, you're going to go first. We've, we're a group that has been to a number of baseball games at Dodger Stadium in our lifetimes. Doug, what is your favorite all-time Dodger Stadium giveaway? Ooh, honestly, this goes way, way back. But back in the day, in like the late 90s, they gave away this binder set. And they're, the background was yellow, and you had, like, all Mike Piazza and Nomo, and they're all cartoon, like, superhero versions of those players. And I used that as my binder for literally four years. Like, so that has to be it. I used that binder for four years. It was amazing to me. I'm actually – I look for on eBay every now and then. So that's my answer. That was actually his UCLA days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was in UCLA. Yeah, the ladies love uh, DMAC underscore LA there. <laughs> UCLA. Brooke? Uh, I don't remember when it was, and it was a pretty basic-ass giveaway. But it was a duffel bag, and it just oh. had L.A. Wait, was it the clear one or no, like no, the no, white no. one? It was the black one, oh. and it just had L.A. on the sides in the in the white font. And that was it. There was nothing special <laughs> about it. But is, I used that duffel bag so much. I still use that duffel bag. Is that back before they made them out of like that really, really cheap material? material? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. this one is durable. It after held like up. two uses. It mm. held up. I still use it. It's in my closet somewhere. It's you got to put it on display. I think I've taken it through airport security and stuff. So, I mean, they used to have some really good giveaways. I remember there was like a hoodie a couple years ago, too. Mm-hmm. Maybe it might not have been a couple of years ago. Time is a son of a bitch, but uh, a duffel bag about town, if you will. Yeah, about town. But the uh, hoodie that they gave away that time, pretty thick too. I was like, mm-hmm. this is pretty good quality. All it had was like Bank of America on the side or something like yeah, that. Whatever. Tend to happen. Yeah. Eric, you got an all-time favorite giveaway that either you got or you really, really wanted. My annual least favorite giveaway, without fail every year, is the USC colored Dodgers hat. It's one of my favorite things in the world combined with one of my least favorite things in the world. And I hate seeing it on the Jumbotron. I hate seeing it on my screen. I hate seeing it on my phone on the Dodgers app. It's absolutely horrid. That is my least favorite. I do like the nice, cheap, standard color Dodger hat because it's nice to have a Dodger hat. You know, if it's going to rain or you're doing some work around your house or whatever, Mm -hmm. it's nice to have kind of a throwaway hat. Like, hey, I don't care if this gets covered in dirt or whatever. I'm not going to take my World Series champions shirt, you know, and start washing my car with it on, but it is nice to have a a nice freebie hat that you can still rock with pride but not worry about the quality over time. Have you tried on one of those uh, Father's Day bucket hats? No, I they want were a big one. hit. I want one so bad. The, the Hawaiian shirt thing that they gave. Oh, the away. Luau shirt. Yeah. I really wanted to send Doug to that game because Doug looks like a man made for that Luau shirt. Absolutely. So, hey, if you guys have a Luau shirt, that was a giveaway. Yeah, they yeah. they gave it away on Monday. You needed to have uh, one of them special tickets. But if you guys wanted to send Doug one of them Luau shirts, we'll. Uh, I don't know. And we'll, the binder. <laughs> how many? Bu- how many? <laughs> Doug, how many buttons open are you going on the Luau shirt? You seem like a four button open kind of guy, like chest lettuce. It depends how my chest hair situation is like at the time. So that's the. Sometimes I'll, you know, I'll just shave this whole area and then the rest will be, you know, uh, you know, a werewolf status, but it kind of depends on that. But if I'm, if I'm feeling loose, had a couple modelos, I mean, I might go, you know, three buttons, you know, Ooh. let it, let's party. That's, that's, that's uh, some romantic stuff. Uh, that's my shirt when I look like I'm a, the manager at islands. I like, you know? I like the idea of Miami vice, Doug. <laughs> 
is a solid throwback. Uh, for me, I, I, I don't know if you guys remember, but back in the day, early 2000s, they were giving away like the aluminum lunch boxes with like mm-hmm. all the players on them. Those were great. I don't know if it's like my all-time favorite, but those were just really awesome. You know, you could store your dope in them as a kid. You could hit I'm people with boy. them. You could hit people the with them. Yeah, and plus, you know, I have a couple of them with a Paul LaDuca on them, my good, close, personal friend. Cody wasn't even alive. <laughs> Cody, <laughs> we used to carry around our lunch in, in little cases. Well, I didn't carry around my lunch. I just put other trash just, in there. You didn't carry your run, lunch around? No, <laughs> no. What do you think I am? Some sort of rich kid that had a mom? <laughs> yeah, now kids are just door dashing their lunch to elementary school. Like one, the, <laughs> one more thought. Also, you got to appreciate the quality uh, that has changed from how uh, terrible the bobbleheads were when they first started coming out to how good they are now because they were absolute trash. They all looked like about the same player. Uh, we got to post uh, the picture of, of Caesar Asturias over here on this bobblehead uh, shelf or behind us, whatever. Anyways, bobbleheads are, are, are fun. Uh, let us know what your favorite Dodger Stadium giveaway is of all time. Let us know what your lineup looks like featuring Juan Soto in the flesh in Dodger blue. How do you fix Max Muncy besides trading him away for a bag of bobbleheads or baseballs, whatever it may be? And who's your next Dodger Hall of Famer not named Mookie or Clayton Kershaw? I am Clint. That guy is Brooke. This guy is Eric. And the guy on the screen uh, is Doug. We'll see you all back here next week. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.